yoga gets this bad rep that it's like it's fluffy or something that shit is hard and it's humbling and that is a wonderful thing to start today with too you know like you don't have all the answers bro and i think it also gets this rep that there's a difference between being a person that is not driven and just wants to go with the flow that's cool i'm driven and i want that right so it's like you can try to be a charging individual who is trying to make changes in different places and still have softness. Welcome to Guys Talking Yoga, a podcast created to help inspire men to consider the practice of yoga for its many benefits through the conversations with other guys. In this episode, by the way, our last one for the season before we take a summer break, I reconnect with two guys who have recently found yoga over the past year and are deeply committed to a weekly, if not often, a daily practice. They also happen to be two of the most dynamic and impactful lacrosse players to emerge from upstate New York in the 1990s. The first guy is Todd Burnham, a former teammate and a good friend who was a two-time All-American and national champion at Hobart College, and his pal Casey Powell, a four-time All-American and national champion at Syracuse and one of the greatest to play the game. Todd's an expert litigator, entrepreneur, and author who is the founding partner of Burnham Law, an elite litigation firm in Colorado and Washington, and Casey Powell, a transformational athlete and one of the biggest ambassadors for the game of lacrosse, in addition to winning the national championship in 95. After college, he played 15 seasons in the MLL and NLL and was selected to play on the U.S. national team four times, captaining the squad three times in 06, 2011, and again in 2015. Needless to say, Casey is in the National Lacrosse Hall of Fame. You know, for those of you who aren't aware, Hobart and Syracuse share the third oldest rivalry in college lacrosse, meeting over 100 times since first facing off 107 years ago. And while I recently connected with Todd over the past couple of years, I haven't seen Casey Powell since a fateful day on Boswell Field in 1995. That was the year Hobart played its first season under its new Division I status after dominating Division III since the 1970s, winning a record 12 Division III national championships in a row from 1980 until 1993. Now this 1995 game was a memorable one. The Syracuse Orange were ranked number four and the Hobart Statesmen were ranked 18. It was one of the highest scoring matchups in years. I was a junior while Todd was a senior. Casey was then only a freshman, but he was already making headlines in his first season in college. And it was our game plan to always make sure we had a long pole on him whenever possible. You did not want him to have a short stick matchup because he was just too damn fast and too talented. Now, the following excerpt was edited out of the initial conversation because, to be honest, <laughs> developing your yoga practice is really what matters, especially when the final whistle blows and you're done counting scores. But it was too much fun not to share this. Enjoy the conversation. I got to say, I think the last time I saw you, Casey, was Boswell Field, April of 95. This guy. Oh, come on. Wow. Why do you have to start there? Now, hold on. Fucking hang in, man. This ties back. It ties <laughs> back. There's always something to get out of suffering. You should know that by now. God, so, this guy ruined so us. There's, it's 17-17. There's like, I don't know, 25 seconds left on the clock. It's, it's a rainy, cold day up in Geneva. Hobart is playing the game of all games that year. And Eric Curry has like six goals and one assist. He has a record high three ground balls for a game. I mean, he's he's playing the game of his life, right? Anyhow, I'm at the face-off. I don't think it was Toby, but somebody else was at the X and there was like a scramble. And there's a total melee, just like the wingman and the ball. And the ball comes towards the 
substitution box, like towards that way. And yeah, the faceoff guy goes down on his knees, whoever your, your other guy was, and I'm behind him. And he's playing the ball on his knees still, like in front of all the benches. And I just put my hands on his shoulders behind him because I'm like waiting to see which way he's going to go. But I touched him. So the whistle's blown and it goes to Syracuse. I'm like, Jesus, like this would never be called like 20 yards away from this location. Like there's just so much shit that happens once someone's down on the field. Yeah. And yeah, so Syracuse gets the ball. The guy, whoever has the ball, runs to the far side of the field, you know, takes away the long poles. And Simmons substitutes a short stick from the, oh, from the, from the bench like and gets a short stick matchup on good old Mark Birnbaum, who salt of the earth, a total oh. workhorse, great F- guy. FM boy. FM boy, FM. right? And on steps Casey. I don't know if you were, I can't remember you were a freshman or a sophomore. Yeah, he was a freshman. He knows the situation very well. <laughs> he, he recalled <laughs> every incident of it, every he, moment. He takes Mark. Stop, he, stop. He takes Mark all the way around. And all of us are like, for the love of God, Mark, we, we believe in you. You can do this. And, yes. and you don't, take go, him, don't fall for the hanging stick. Don't, don't fall, fall for the hanging, hanging stick. stick. Check your shoelaces. Make sure they're both tied. You know, he, so you go around the backside <laughs> and you do a little juke job or sp- split and you come around the left pipe and you just stick it upper shelf. Like I gotta tell you, Mark, he, he did a great job and you had a phenomenal shot. And then it was boom, 1817. We, we had like, I don't know, 17 seconds left. The air just deflates in Hobart at that moment. And eventually the whistle's called. And I guess this is one of the early experiences of thinking about suffering and, and letting go of something that was so close. One of the other memorable moments was, you know, Hobart is just shoulders down, heads down, coming back to the bench. And Roy Cosley goes, hey, stick that in your scrapbook. <laughs> it was like, thanks, pal. You know, you appreciate it. Like the beginning of this podcast. I like just I said, we, we could edit it. We could edit it. We could warm drop for access. We, we could, you know, we could drop in right before we talk about the Nazgul, Todd. How about that? <laughs> you know, I was, I always tell Casey, I'm like, you know, the guy had probably a hundred like amazing shots in a season. And I remember one from college, you know, <laughs> I remember That's it well. Cool. I got to tell you, Todd, that was also one of the best goals I've seen on Boz. Casey, let's start with you. How, when, where, and why did you get into yoga? Well, I think over the past probably 15 years, I've dabbled with it. I did some hot yoga. I really liked how it felt afterwards. You know, a lot of it, I was drinking heavily. I was kind of doing it to feel better, sweat the toxins out, and kind of reload type thing. But you know, I, I knew the benefits of it and the times that I did attend yoga classes. It was nothing in a routine of any sort. And then eight months ago, I was in a relationship in New York. I had moved up there from, from Florida. I got engaged and it didn't work out. And it was a chance for me to kind of reevaluate my life, what I wanted to do, what I wanted to be. And I started attending yoga back here in Delray Beach and I really got into a, an amazing routine with it. So over the past eight months or so, I've been going three to five times per week. I can't live without it now type thing. It's part of my routine and it helps me. Obviously, it makes my body feel incredible, but mentally it's it's just been a, a huge help and helped me get past what I went through. And it's helped me make steps towards becoming a better person and more productive in my life. So as part of a transformation or personal journey, 
it's a key ingredient and I've appreciated it and I continue. I'm going to go today. Yeah, that's my early yoga story. I think it's going to be a long one. I don't see myself stopping doing this, but it's been very helpful in moving forward in my life and then helping me see things more clearly. So I've enjoyed a lot of the benefits of it. Mind, body, spirit. That's awesome. Well said. And, and I, so I'm curious, why yoga? Like, I mean, obviously you're an athlete, you're in great shape. You probably, you still lift, you probably run, you do a whole bunch of other things. How did yoga get on your radar as something to consider when you're going through something at that time? Yeah, I mean, I, I played professional lacrosse till I was 40 years old. So I was playing 30 weekends a year for 18 years after a, you know, a long collegiate career against teams like Hobart. But I pushed myself to the limits of what I wanted to be from a lacrosse player standpoint. I trained really hard for a long time and, and I don't want to train like that anymore. I lift a little bit, a very little bit. Really, it's jogging, bike riding, swimming, and yoga is what I've been doing. So it's low impact. It feels good. It's healthy for my body and my muscles to keep them stretched and prime. I don't know. It's just making my posture feel better, making my body from all the bumps and bruises. You know, I, I endured for, for so long. So to me, it's more of a, a chill, relaxing, meditative, but also positive advantage for how my body feels. Yeah, it does everything. Did you have any reservations going to that first yoga class? Like, I don't know how this is going to end up, but may as well. Not this time around, because I have had some experience with it in the past. So I, I kind of knew what I was getting into. I didn't know that I'd become addicted to it like I am right now. But like I said, it's a huge part of my life right now. It's something that I, you know, wake up and think about every day. And because it benefits me every time I go in there and I, you know, sometimes I mentally don't want to be in there as I'm sweating my, you know, wad off. But when I walk out and, you know, take a quick shower, it just sets me up for an awesome rest of the day where there's clarity and just, just feel good, happier. I talk to people more like there's, there's everything. <laughs> it really does so much. And it's kind of hard to put a finger on exactly how to describe it. And I think you just feel good. You just feel better. And I think your expectations around what you need to get out of a quote unquote workout shift a little bit when you get into a yoga practice, because it's kind of like, I don't know how I'm going to feel today. I'm going to feel better, but I'm curious to see where I'm feeling better and how I'm feeling better. Todd, I know, I know you also are fairly new to it. I feel like you started maybe in the last year or two, Yeah, but remind me again, like, how did you get into it? You know, I, I played in the Vail tournament a couple of years ago and I ruptured my left Achilles tendon when I was 30, so like 20 years ago, playing lacrosse. And I went to that Vail tournament and I swear I thought my other Achilles was gonna blow every time I took a step, you know? Like I was lifting, I was pretty fit in terms of like the way that I felt about my body, but it was all lifting. And it just doesn't translate when you're 50, just that muscle kind of thing. And so after that, I was like, well, I've gotta do something. This doesn't feel right. And when I did yoga and it was hot yoga and it was just basic, like, oh my God, I'm just bending over, you know? And, and then like down, you know, all right, downward facing dog. And my Achilles were just screaming. And I said, this is the right place. And, you know, it's the only way that I know how to start a day with little wins. Like, you know, when you're, when you can hold that pose for another 10 seconds instead of quitting. And then that gives you confidence moving forward onto other things. And then you could, that translates, you know, for me, like, oh, I got a little win here. I'm going to get another little win over here by eating right. You start the day with a little win every time when you practice yoga and it, it's transformational. 
So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm really bad at it, but I'm better than I was and I'm more flexible. And, you know, to add on top of it, you know, the, I'm into surfing. And I realized that when I was popping up, the surf instructor said that I looked like a, a boulder on a surfboard. <laughs> you know, I'm more flexible when you pop up. So my form of practice and, you know, just basics is hot yoga, get in there, sweat, move on, right? I think Derek, yours, and I've seen Casey's poses, like they're more athletic. Let's just say that. <laughs> hey, we're all, we're all built a little different, right? I just, I just wanted to chime in really quickly. I also ruptured my left Achilles and had surgery eight months ago. So not only was I dealing with heartbreak, but also a big injury. And I ran four miles yesterday. I've done zero rehab. I've done all my rehabilitation through yoga. That was obviously a, a big piece of, you know, why I wanted to start doing yoga as well and the, the benefit. You know, I'm, I'm back in action with zero times to the to rehabilitation all through yoga. So I had an Achilles injury the same time I screwed up my back. Long story short, I was so driven to do my rehab, get it done, fix it. And I too found that yoga has helped heal that Achilles. And I still notice this in you know, my right leg, a little different than my left leg. There's something that was like a little bit of a change in the tissue or how the ankle moves. For a while in yoga, I used to have to put a, like a wooden wedge. Some yoga studios have wooden wedges or you put your heel on a yoga block if you've got some kind of leg issue that doesn't allow full range of stretch in that back leg. And what I notice now is that I don't, I don't really have any support on that back leg. And it's taken a long time to feel that feel on how much can I really load this stretch? How much can I really load this injured Achilles? And I think it's one of the great things about having a yoga practice is, you know, injuries are going to come and go. And what I've found is that rather getting frustrated with a shoulder that I've tweaked and I can't do a side plank or I can't lift something because I because the injury, you start to just embrace the fact that that happens. And it almost becomes a teachable moment where you learn how to work through that injured shoulder and learn how to be patient and learn how to be humble and learn how to pay attention to what am I feeling in that shoulder? Not just the pain, but like, you know, what muscles are taken over because the other ones are screwed up. I wouldn't necessarily say people should ignore their PT prescription or whatever the doc says, but I really do believe that cultivating that awareness and that sense of feel in your leg through those injuries, it's an incredible power to have as we get older and start to have more things that kind of get tweaked and knowing that you can knit this stuff back together by just taking it slow and paying attention. Absolutely. So the sense of feel and awareness, it's a big part of having a yoga practice, which is knowing how you feel in your body. And, you know, one of the analogies that I like to give is that when I've had super tight muscles, it's almost like a dead cell signal, like a mobile phone. You got one bar, you're somewhere on the boonies past Interstate 90, right? You don't have a great signal. But over time, when you do a lot of yoga and you have blood flow going in those spots and your nervous system is getting a feel for how you feel down there, a tight Achilles, whatever it is, over time, you really end up having a really good signal with those spots in your body. And they're no longer dead zones. You have a sense of flow. You have a sense of feeling. You have a sense of balance. And I don't know about you guys, but I have really appreciated tuning into that. And it's not just on the yoga mat. It could be standing in the checkout line. If your back's hurting, you're just shifting your balance. And I find that also in the sports that I play. 
I'll throw it to Casey. Have you felt that greater awareness in your body? Like you're more in tuned with not just physically, but maybe just where you're at that day. You know, I haven't put a lot of thought into that until you just talked about it, but that's exactly what I've been doing. I've been self-evaluating how I feel on a daily basis every time I go in there. And then, as you said, you know, it kind of lingers throughout the day. You know, I have a arthritic shoulder that I focus on while I'm in there and in tune with the progress that that's making. And then obviously, you know, over the past eight months, I've been maintenancing the left Achilles. So yeah, that's a great aspect of it is the awareness of how my body's feeling and how I can actively put some effort into, you know, trying to get the most out of my body and how I feel. Yeah. Todd, what about you? Yeah, same. I mean, I think I'm just more aware of so many things. And a lot of times it's the thoughts that go through my mind when it's hard, right? Because I'll look to the left and I'll see someone on their knees instead of in a plank, right? And I'm like, oh, I could, well, she's doing it. I might as well just go in a plank, right? Or go on my knees. And it's those moments where I'm like, no, man, that's the easy way out. You know, the first thought that comes to our mind is usually the wrong one. And then you wait for the second one, right? That's how my mind works. It's the difference between being married and being divorced. First thing that comes to your mind and you think about something, if you're not balanced is, Oh, it's their fault. And really what it does, it just kind of softens, you know, going to yoga just softens me because I'm, I'm pretty driven and it gives me the softness that I think I need to connect with people. You know, it's not easy to connect with people when you're pretty cerebral, like it's too much. And so calming the mind is important. So you, you raise a good point, I think, that comes up a lot. And I still get this when I'm in a yoga class that somebody else is, is, is teaching is like, what are we doing and where should I be with this pose? And I'll just sort of caveat that I think a lot of yoga classes are really designed as an exercise and a fitness, which is totally fine. But I think for many people, particularly guys our age who either are not that familiar with yoga or you got some injuries and you're sort of nursing that, you know, Achilles or you're taking your time a little bit because you want to come into it and feel like you're safe. Well, those classes move pretty fast and someone going down dog and then you're just getting to your down dog and they're like, okay, we're back doing up dog and we're doing plank. And then you're just, you're out of the flow. And I think that can be disruptive. And I would say guys who are listening, like, just go find a class. that's a little slower they're out there, or just skip that cycle. Wait for the moment to come around again. Take your time in down dog and let everyone else catch up to you and then jump back in in the flow. But something you said about, you know, let's say plank and seeing somebody else on their knees with plank. As you kind of suggested to this, there's a little bit of the ego in the room of like that lady over there who's 20 years older than me is doing plank, you know, like, like she's totally zen. I should be doing that. And sure, you can challenge yourself to do that. But at the same time, it's more like, what do you feel in your body? What do you think you can do today? She may not have the same injuries that have plagued you. And so if that means going on your knees to respect the fact that your shoulder's a little gummed up, then that's what you got to do. And eventually, like you, maybe you're on one knee or maybe you got a block under yourself. But I think it takes a while to really know and get a feel for how to use props like blocks and bolsters and those kind of things. And some classes are really good about proactively making sure that you have those things around your mat. But there's an opportunity to work on stuff on a very small range when you are choosing a modified approach to a posture. So you're not doing full plank. You're doing something with your knees down or whatever it is, or you have your inside angle pose 
And rather than muscling through it, you just bend your arm and rest your arm on your front leg. And just to, just to make sure you're not totally overwhelming whatever's going on in your body. And I think that letting go physically in the class is a good practice to start thinking mentally, letting go. Shit did not work out. That relationship didn't work out or that job didn't work out or my career is just totally flatlined. I think a lot of guys our age get stuck in their midlife because they think this is as good as it gets or the story's over. And so it seems like a very sort of simple practice to be like grab a block or go on your knees as opposed to full plank. But I think it's accepting of where you are at and knowing how you feel and what you should do. And I think that off the mat, a lot of guys have said, this stuff helps me think through and be aware how I'm feeling and what I'm thinking, and then trying to put that in perspective and make the best decision and choice after that. I think it's a gateway. I think yoga is the initial gateway to mindfulness and consciousness. And when you get your mind-body connection and it's in sync and it flows, it opens you up to the next step, meditation. It opens you up to the next step. Maybe it's a different form of yoga. Like I went the other day, I went to just a yoga class I normally don't go to. Like it's important for me initially to wake up. I'm up at five o'clock in the morning. I'm going to a 5.45 yoga class because I want the cardio on one day and the other day I want the flow. But it, when you have all of these things as a gateway, the next thing and next thing, it's just a growth mindset. And I think yoga epitomizes that. So Todd, you recently published a, a bestseller comeback, rebound strategies. You put a lot of thought into your own journey and the things that you learned along the way. You've spent a lot of time not just paying attention to yourself and working on yourself in a healthy way, but you've also done a lot of research. You've, you've leaned on, on people who have great perspective, whether they're amateurs or pros, and you've created a great framework in your book. One of those things is about movement, but how would you say yoga has helped you continue to refine and evolve the, the great nuggets that you've put together in Comeback and how you're sharing that? Like, how has yoga been a compliment for the stuff that you already brought to yoga? Everything. I mean, it's, you know, the importance of waking up with a little win. That's my version of just leveraging my life. So I can create the situation where I come out immediately in the morning with a better mindset by actually getting up and going. So for me, everything about comeback is just taking a negative situation and making it a positive. It's all we're doing. You know, you have a bad relationship or something like that or something a breakup, like Casey was talking about. And that yoga lets you calm your mind and connects your body. And if you can do those things, even in the hardest situations, you're still going to come out on top, you know, and be better. Not just get back to where you were, not just recover where you were be pre-injury, but you get an injury and then you're close to 50, you got to do things differently. And so my path has been to try to find different universal truths and implement them in my life and inspire others to seek their own joy. And I see that when I look at Casey, like there's a guy that eight months ago, he had an Achilles injury, life goes upside down and he leans on the things that got him to be the greatest lacrosse player of all time, which is mindset, work ethic. And you can put those things in, into a box and the things out that you need every day because you have the toolbox. Like yoga is the toolbox for me. I love it. Casey, any thoughts on top of that? How has it helped you 
complement some of the things that you found in your own success and how are you knitting that together? Well, I think it's really become the core foundation of my day or my week where that's the cornerstone of what I know I want to do and I, it needs to happen because of the positive effects that it pours out every time I go into a class. Before I met Todd personally, I read his book and I was, you know, put in touch with him and Comeback has kind of become, it spoke to me when I read it. It provided me an opportunity to better myself and to, as Todd said, turn some turbulation into positivity. So the book, just like yoga, is something that I've been pulling from to better my life and better myself and perform at a higher level and and go after the things that I want to accomplish still. That's awesome. It's clear Todd starts his day with yoga. Todd's is literally like the alarm goes off or you probably have a rooster in Boulder that is on cue that wakes you up. <laughs> the alarm goes off. Is the mat the first thing you roll out or you put together a nice Kona blend cup of coffee or what's, how do you start out with it? Cliff blocks, caffeinated little blocks to wake my ass up. But you know what I think about every time is Kobe Bryant. I think about it every time I wake up. He says, I'm not negotiating with myself today. I'm not negotiating. This is what I committed to. This is what I'm going to do. If I get four hours of sleep, I'm still going. It's not that, oh, today I'm not going to go. You know, that's not stacking bricks. That's taking bricks off. And that's another little win that I get every morning. I'm like, I don't want to go. Get your Okay, I win. That's a one win. All right, then I'm like, all right, I get there at class and I get a good spot. <clears throat> Two wins because I'm there early, right? Then three, four, five wins are like me wanting to quit and not quitting. Like, so I've got six wins by the time I get home bringing kids to school. That's, that's momentum. That's yoga. And that's like the mindset with yoga. No one wants to get up at 510. That's why I get up at 510. Like, because I've got to do that. I want to create space. I want to create time. I want to add more time and make it valuable. Now, if I was drinking any of those things, like I, none of this would matter, right? I just think there's a movement here. And I think that, you know, Western medicine versus Eastern medicine and all of those things, you know, my wife just broke her heel and she wanted to get acupuncture. She's not on pain meds. Like there's a shift happening. The way in our culture, the way that we're looking at things, the way that we respond to things, the way that we approach things, the way that we're connected to things. And I think that's a mind-body piece. I think there's a spiritual earthquake coming here. What I've found is in everyday life now, especially here in Florida and I travel, I can recognize a person that does yoga. Like that person does yoga. I can tell by their vibrancy. They seem to be a little more confident. They just have a little extra to them that spirituality that you can recognize and notice, not only within myself, but you can recognize it on other people. Yeah, I think you're right, Casey. I think this is yoga and anyone else who's in a good place, no matter how they got there, you know, like just being someone who's open, who's at ease. One retired major of the Marines who flew Cobra attack helicopters for 25 years, I interviewed last year on this podcast. He's got a deep yoga practice. He said, you know, it's helped me get to a place where I'm not just tolerating the annoying person standing across from me. I'm actually being kind to them. Wow. That just sums it up. Not just putting up with someone's shit, but like understanding they're probably just going through some shit and I'm just going to be at ease with them. I may not spend all afternoon with them, but I'm going to be kind of try to be graceful and somewhat kind to them. In your exit, right? You can feel people's energy. 
So like, I only want to be around people that have positive energy. That's not life. Like, I have a fence around my house for a reason. Keep out the bat, right? But in real life, that's not how it works. So having that as a tool, again, I think, again, you're turning, it's your mindset. Even if people are negative, you can like, like I see the same person all the time at Starbucks. She's behind the counter. I think about what her day is like serving people and why is she always rude to me? And I'm like, so it's cool. So now it's a game I play. I just turn it around like, oh, let's see if I can make her smile, right? Hi, how are you? Fine. <laughs> what would you like? I'm like, man, thank you. I'm so excited for this coffee, you know, or something like that. It's like, play a game with it and see if you can turn people around. Like, I like to do that. Since then I don't take shit personally. And that's where we get into problems. Business and life, we take shit personally. And we're thinking immediately of like, how does this impact me? Not like, can I seek to understand before being understood? That helps me with yoga. Yoga helps me calm down and slow down. We all have sort of an underlying ego or shadow self that like wants things or expects things. And something that is helpful is, is understanding that the deep part of you has an agenda. It could be as simple as eating that cookie or simple as taking offense to somebody who's not responding to you or whatever. And this kind of gets back to my thinking about what Casey went through the past year with his relationship or what Todd's dealt with as well. Like Todd, you write about the story of getting like just absolutely dressed down in your first time in the courtroom in Colorado in your book. And there's a practice in learning that you have a sense of self and an ego that does get wounded and learning to distance yourself from that pain or that suffering in a way where you're like, you know, I can actually step aside from what I'm feeling and put it in perspective. And I can put this person who's not super pleasant at Starbucks in perspective. And I think that it's also a form of grace and gratitude and like patience. And I think those are not the kind of words that we typically guys in our 40s or 50s are slinging around. But that's the stuff that's critical, I think, at this age to start being aware of, start practicing, because we all want to be a fucking chill dude when we're in our 70s and 80s that people want to hang out with and talk to or go for a hike with or a walk with. And I think a lot of guys, it's about this age now that they start going on a path of real frustration and anger and resentment and holding on to things that may or may not have worked out. And by that time they get to their 70s, their fucking knees are shot, their hips are done. By the time they get to their 50s, their knees are shot. <laughs> That's right. There's, there's some real overachievers out there in this stuff. So all of that is not something you get day one doing yoga. But Todd, as you were saying, like it's kind of a sort of a stepping stone. It's a threshold. It's a doorway into developing this mindset and this practice. And you don't have to be in headstand to do it. I think you just got to learn to check out and check in on a more regular basis. And pretty soon, it just becomes natural. You wake up, you roll out the mat, maybe you lie down for five minutes just to relax and contemplate where your youth went or why things didn't work out on Boswell Field back in 95. Why do you got to keep going back there, bro? I don't know. I'm just trying to be nice to Casey. You know, <laughs> he's the only Syracuse guy here, so we might as well just welcome him. Full circle. All right, it's the kindness part. And I think, you you know, each morning it doesn't have to be 60 minutes full bore yoga. It could be five minutes just fucking chilling out. So as we look to wrap up here, I want to hit you guys a little bit on your thoughts on view sports. I know Todd does a lot of work coaching in his camps. Casey, I got to imagine with your career, you were part of a, a number of camps out there. What do you guys see in how 
the opportunity and the need for younger people to get into stuff like yoga? Well, I think that it needs to be taught, talked about, and understood. I think one of the reasons that I go is I don't have to get on my phone for an hour. I'm so sick of my phone and how the information is just dumped daily and it feels like it's eating my brain up. You know, I have to constantly be on call for anybody that needs anything. And, you know, it's the way that the kind of the world works. But I love the fact that I can go in there and put my phone away and, and have my own thoughts <laughs> for an hour. That's a huge benefit. And I don't know how we pass this along, but, you know, at some of my camps, we do include a yoga session to kind of introduce them to it. But I mean, it should be part of in schools, the physical education system. It should be taught like this is a way to heal yourself mentally and physically. Like instead of all the crap they're pushing at us, like, hey, this is something that could benefit you now and forever, um, you know, mentally, physically. So I don't know how to keep that going or, or push it more. But I think even just being on this and talking about it, sharing it with people that you know, follow me is and, and follow Todd are, are going to be important to say, hey, all right, maybe I, maybe I should look into yoga a little bit deeper. For me, yoga gets this bad rep that it's like, it's fluffy or something. That shit is hard. And it's humbling. And that is a wonderful thing to start the day with too. You know, like you don't have all the answers, bro. <laughs> and I think it also gets this rep that a, there's a difference between being a person that is not driven and just wants to go with the flow. That's cool. I'm driven and I want that, right? So it's like you can try to be a charging individual who is trying to make changes in different places and still have softness. And I think that's really important. And when you talk about kids, they have so many more tools in their toolbox than we did. And everyone's looking for an advantage. I think yoga is one of those advantages. And I think that when you have recovery, you've got less injury, you're, you're more pliable, all of these things, and you have a mindset that you know, like kids pushing through from 10 seconds to 15 seconds, like being there with them and helping them. I think that's great. I think stuff like that is transformative and it's progressive. Well said, both you guys. Well, hey, listen, awesome to have you guys on this. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you guys caring about this stuff and sharing your story. So thanks for being on and look forward to doing this again someday. Derek, it's always a pleasure to see you, man. I love what you're doing, man. I love it. I think it's finding your passion, talking about things that matter, that are improving people's lives, and that is definition of greatness, right? I love the fact that we have Casey Powell on, who is one of the most transformative lacrosse players in history, talking about yoga. Well, I have seven minutes to spare. I'm now going to go hit my noon class across the street. I wasn't sure if I was going to make it. But now I'm going to grab my mat and head across. But Derek, thanks so much for having me on. Todd, always great to see you and talk with you. You know, what really stands out to me in listening to that conversation is here are two top athletes that I shared the field with nearly 30 years ago, both successful and accomplished in their lives and career. And yet there's still that desire for self-improvement and discipline and not necessarily about pushing themselves to the absolute limits because those limits change quite fast when you hit the age of 40. But there's a wisdom and a humility in that attitude and mindset. And while I know these guys brought much of that with them to their practice, it's evident through their words that yoga is making a big difference in their lives and allowing them to continue to grow and evolve each day. And that's what matters. So thanks again for following this season. 
We'll be back this fall with a whole new lineup of guests and subject matter experts who, like many, believe in what the power of yoga can do. And if you're looking to fill your time on the beach this summer, go ahead and go back and listen to some of our earlier podcasts from 21 and 22. There's a lot of great nuggets in there. Remember to follow us on Instagram at GTY Podcast and subscribe wherever you listen to the show. Thanks again and have a great summer.